There's only one person who knows how really bad our heart is. And that's what keeps us from praying this prayer. Search me, oh God, and know my heart because we got some things that we think we've hidden even from God. Today I want to share with you what I believe is one of the most dangerous prayers that was ever prayed in Scripture. It's from Psalm 139. Today we're going to pray the prayer, Lord, search me. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Now before you're seated, would you say this together with me? But let's say it as a prayer. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. You can be seated. And I want you to take really, really good notes this morning. Because this is your assignment this week. This past Wednesday night... I talked to those who came to our family worship service. I talked to them about how to reach the harvest in your house. How to reach the harvest in your house. And I gave them four things that they could do to reach the harvest in their house. And that was their assignment from Wednesday to Sunday was to pray through those things. I'm going to give you four things from this passage of Scripture today that are very obvious. And I want you to write these four things down because... This will be your focus of prayer this week as we go into our 30 days of prayer or as we continue our 30 days of prayer. I'm going to ask you, if you would please, to pray this prayer every single day this week. And I don't want you to just pray it as a memorization of Scripture, but I want you to pray it. And as you pray it, I want you to open up your heart. And let God do in your heart and in your mind what this scripture is asking God to do. When David wrote this passage of scripture, he was being accused of being disloyal to God. And so in verses 1 through 18 of Psalm 139, David begins the psalm in verse 1 by saying, Lord, you have searched me. So, so this is not a new thing for David to ask God to search him. He's asking God to continue to search him. Because in verse 1 he says, Lord, you have searched me. You know everything about me. And then in verses 19 through 22 of Psalm 139, he said, God, just to show you how loyal I am, I hate the same enemy. I, I hate your enemies. Just as you hate your enemies, I hate your enemies. God, I'm on your side. I'm loyal to you. But he said, God, just in case there are still some things in me that I don't see, I want you to reveal those things to me. And that's when he prayed this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, I want you to notice the first thing this morning that David prays is he says, Lord, I want you to search me in order that you might know my heart. Now, that's a dangerous prayer to pray right there. Now, most of us spend time trying to hide what's in our heart. But David understood, God, I can't hide anything from you. 
I can't, even if it's in the deep recesses, darkest places of my heart, God, I know that I can't hide those things from you. So God, I want you to search me and I want you to know my heart. And the reason why David wanted God to know his heart is so that God could reveal to David maybe some blind spots that he had. Listen to what Jeremiah said. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, this is, this is actually God speaking in the book of Jeremiah. And God says that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Listen, you think you know your heart, but you don't know your heart. And I know that we hear people say, well, I know he does such and such. I know he behaves this way or that way, but he has a good heart. Or I know that she sometimes says some things that she shouldn't say, but, 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 but she's got a good heart. Listen, no, we don't. We do not have a good heart, especially apart from God, especially apart from Christ, especially apart from our heart being redeemed. Our heart is not good. And even after we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, there is still going to be that struggle with our heart. Because the heart, the human heart, he says, is deceitful. You know what that means? That means that the heart will mislead you. That the heart, your heart will misdirect you. That your heart will trick you. Actually, the word for deceit here is the same Hebrew word from which we get the name Jacob. Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob was a supplanter. And that's exactly the condition of our heart. Our heart will deceive us. Our heart will tell you that you need things, or our heart will tell us that we need things that are not good for us. And that things are good for us that are not good for us. And our heart will try to keep us from things that are good for us, saying, no, you don't need that. Our heart will tell us we don't need God. We don't need church. We don't need a small group. And by the way, if you're not in a small group, you need to get signed up starting next week. The next two Sundays, there's going to be registration for small group. And I know right now that your heart's going to try to deceive you and tell you that you don't need to be in a small group, that you don't need that kind of intimacy with other people, that you don't need that kind of fellowship with other people. Yes, you do. Don't listen to the deceitfulness of your heart. Your heart tells you that you don't need anybody else telling you how to live your life. You, you, your heart will tell you you don't need anybody to help you to break free from addictions that you have I can do this by myself I've got this that's the human heart and this is how God described it he said that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things I mean think of what you believe is the most deceitful thing in the world and God says even more deceitful than that is the human heart it is deceitful it will trick you it will deceive you it will lead you down the wrong path and then he said about the heart that it is desperately wicked some translation says that it is desperately sick that's the condition of our hearts and he says who really knows how bad it is I guarantee you you don't know how bad your heart is you really don't there's only one person who knows our heart 
There's only one person who knows how really bad our heart is, and that's what keeps us from praying this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart because we got some things that we think we've hidden even from God. But listen to me this morning. You cannot hide anything from God. Look at this next passage of Scripture in verse 10. He said, But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. You see, God knows what's in your heart. God doesn't just know what you do. He knows why you did it whether it was good or whether it was evil God knows the motive behind what you did if you did something evil and your motive was to hurt somebody or your motive was 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 to just bring pleasure to yourself God knows that or if you did something good for somebody but yet your motive was to be recognized and your motive was to be seen. see God knows not just what we do but God knows even the secret motive He knows why we do things that we don't even know why we do things. And so David prays, and this is a prayer that I want every one of us to pray this week. I want us to pray, search me, O God, and know my heart, Lord. And then, Father God, whatever you see in my heart that is not pleasing to you, I want you to reveal it to me, God, so that I can begin to deal with those things in my life. But he didn't just say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Notice the second thing that he prayed here. He said, try me and reveal my anxieties. Reveal my anxious thoughts. Reveal my disquieting thoughts. What kind of thoughts am I talking about? See, he's saying, don't just just search my heart, God, but also search my mind. And reveal to me... Those areas of my life that cause anxiety, those thoughts that I fixate on, those things that I focus on that causes anxiety, that causes me to lose my peace. That, 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 that causes me to worry. Now, I know that there's nobody in this room here today who worries about anything. And people who say that they don't know how to worship you're wrong you do know how to worship because when you worry you're basically worshiping your problems you're focusing on your problems you're focusing on the situations surrounding your problems now i'm just going to admit to you this morning sometimes if i'm not careful i can get a bad case of the what ifs I can begin to sit around and the enemy can begin to put thoughts in my mind that can create all kinds of anxiety and all kinds of worry. He can put thoughts in my mind that will cause me, if I'm not careful, if I fixate, if I focus on those thoughts. Thoughts like, you could have preached better this morning. Well, I know I can always preach better. But you just wasted those people's time. You were, not, you, 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 you were not even nearly as prepared. The enemy will attack you in any way that he possibly can. You know, if your nature, if your nature is to be more of a people pleaser than a God pleaser, then you can worry yourself to death wondering whether or not you've pleased the people in your life. I mean, you can lose your peace. You can can live in a life of anxiety, full of anxiety, if if your nature is to please people rather than to please God. I want you to listen to what Paul said in Philippians. And I know that I share this passage of Scripture a lot, but it's a passage of Scripture that we need to talk about a lot. But Paul said this. He said, don't worry about anything. 
You say, Pastor, is that possible? Well, evidently it is, or God would have not put it in his word. He said, don't worry about anything. Do you know what worry is? Worry is when we are trying to control the uncontrollable. We've got to understand that there are just some things in life that we cannot control. You know what? The only thing that I can control when I come in here on Sunday morning is making sure that I've prepared myself, making sure that I have heard from the Lord, making sure that I have a word to share with you that if responded to can possibly change or transform your life. But the only thing that I can control is the delivery of that word. I can't control whether you receive the word or not. I can't control whether you apply the word that went forth or not. And if I'm not careful, I can be like Elijah. Do you know what Elijah did one time? He got so depressed that he wanted to die. And he said, God, he said, I'm speaking your word. I'm preaching. I'm teaching. But yet the people haven't changed. And God, it's so frustrating. God, it's so wearisome. And God spoke to him and basically said to him, listen to me Elijah all I told you to do was speak the word once you have spoken the word then you have done what I've asked you to do you cannot control the rest the rest is left up to whether the people receive it apply it and experience change and transformation in their life and if I'm not careful sometimes I can worry myself to death wondering did the message connect today did the people receive the message today are they going to apply what they've heard today so that their life can be changed and transformed but I have to understand there's only certain things that I can control and I don't worry about those things he said don't worry about anything did you know that worry is unnatural Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6 he said look at the birds of the air he said they don't sow neither do they reap nor do they store up in barns but he said, yet I take care of those birds. They have everything that they need to eat. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a worried bird? I've never seen a worried bird. He said, look at the lilies of the field. He said, they don't toil. They don't, they don't do any work. But he said, but he said there are, Solomon would have loved to have been arrayed the way that these lilies have been arrayed. The way that I've covered them the way that I've clothed them the way that I've dressed them have you ever seen a worried flower or a worried lily no the only part of creation that God created that worries are human beings it's unnatural and he said don't worry about anything he said instead pray about everything and you've heard me say this before our problem is instead of praying about everything and not worrying about anything we worry about everything because we don't pray about anything that's why we as a church we've got to get praying about our problems we've got to get praying about our concerns instead of fixating and focusing on our issues instead of fixating and focusing on our problems and our circumstances what we need to do is through prayer we need to focus on God who is big enough to take care of any problem that we have in life he said don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done and look at verse 7 he said then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus now why is it important that we say God try me and reveal to me my anxieties because of this next statement look at it here on the screen what you worry about the most 
is the area where you trust God the least. What you worry about the most is the area where you trust God the least. Is it your finances that you worry about the most? It's probably because you don't trust God to be your provider. Is it your job that you worry about the most? Then you don't trust God to be your source and your protector. The area of your life where you worry the most reveals. That's why we have to pray, God, reveal to me my anxious thoughts because it's in those areas that I'm most anxious that I trust God the least. And God, as you reveal them, as you point them out, then it'll help me to take those things and to bring them to you and to cast them at your feet and to begin to trust you, God, with every issue in my life. Don't worry about it. Pray. Pray about it. And then notice the third thing that David said. He said, Lord, I don't want you just to search, my, search me and know my heart and try me and, and, and reveal my anxious thoughts. But man, it gets even more difficult, this prayer does. He says, God, I want you to see if there is any wicked way in me. In other words, God, uncover my sins. See if there is any wicked way in me. That is a dangerous prayer to pray. Why? Because God sees wickedness that we don't see. We've already talked about the heart and how deceitful and how wicked the heart is. And so God is going to see things that have been hidden in our hearts. And it doesn't just have to be sin. It can be hurt. It can be unforgiveness. It can be bitterness. It can be anger. It can be resentment. But David said, God, I want you to see if there is any wicked way in me. And did you know that God wants to use other people to help in this process? I want to give you three questions this morning. Three questions that you can ask yourself this morning that will help reveal the wickedness in your life. Number one is this, what are other people continually trying to tell you? People who love you, people who care about you, people who know you well. Have you had two, three, four, five people maybe tell you the same thing about something in your life that needs to change? Because if you have other people continually telling you, listen, you, you, you need to work on your attitude. Or maybe you're just a little bit too crude. Or, or maybe you need to stop being so critical. Listen, if you've had two, three, four, or five people who love you and care about you continually tell you something like that, then maybe God is trying to tell you something. Maybe God is trying to reveal something. I can understand if it may have been one or two people, but come on. Three, four, five, six, seven people that just keep confirming the same same thing over and over and over again. It's time that we open our ears and that we listen. Maybe God is trying to reveal something in our heart. Maybe God is trying to reveal something in our life that we need to turn over to him and ask forgiveness for. But notice, not only what are others trying to tell us, but secondly, what, what do I continually rationalize and try to justify? You, you see this a lot, like with somebody that has a bad temper. And you try to talk to them about their temper and getting their temper under control. Well, that's just the way I am. I just come from a long line of folks who had a temper. And it ain't that we get mad. We're just passionate. No, it's anger. It's anger. We want to rationalize it as something else. 
Or, or we, we hear this, we hear this sometimes, well, well, that's just the way they are. Well, maybe that's not the way they should be. Maybe they need to allow the Holy Spirit, stop rationalizing and allow the Holy Spirit to point these things out in our heart and in our lives so that we can begin to deal with them. What are others continually telling you? What do I continually rationalize? And then the third question that we need to ask is, where am I most defensive? I mean, when somebody tries to talk to me about an area that I don't want to talk about, you you know what defensiveness is? Defensiveness is when we go into the mode of protection and we're trying to protect ourselves. Because we know that it's an issue that needs to be dealt with, but we don't like the pain that comes along with that issue that needs to be dealt with. And we don't like the process maybe that comes along with with, with what comes along with having to fix that issue in our life. And so we get very defensive. Here's what you'll hear a lot of times when you confront somebody about an issue. They'll say, well, I may have that issue, but compared to so-and-so, I'm doing good. Or you confront them with an issue. And this happens a lot in marriages. You confront a spouse with an issue. And what do they do? They come right back at you and say, well, what about you? I may struggle in that area, but what about you? Defensiveness. What are others trying to tell us? What are we continually rationalizing? Where where am I most defensive? Because I believe that it's in those areas that God is trying to reveal the wickedness of our heart. And once God reveals the sin and God reveals the wickedness of our heart. Matter of fact, when David prayed, when he said, Lord, see if there be any wicked way in me. Here's what he was saying. See if there be any painful way. See if there be any hurtful way. See if there be any grievous way. See if there be any offensive way. God, is there anything in me? Listen to me. We need to pray this this week. God, if there's anything in my heart that grieves you. God, if there's anything in my heart that offends you and hurts you and brings you pain. God, if there's anything in my heart that offends others, that hurts others, that brings others pain. God, I want you to reveal that wickedness to me so that I can begin to work on it. And how do we work on it? John chapter 1 verse 9 says that if we want forgiveness from that wickedness, that we have got to confess our sins to him. Everybody say him. Notice, if we want forgiveness for our sins, we confess our sins to him, to God, to Jesus. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. But you don't just need forgiveness, you also need healing in those areas of your life. And notice what he says in James chapter 5 verse 16. He says, confess your sins to each other. Did you see that? Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We confess our sins to God so that we can be forgiven. We confess our sins to one another so that we can be healed. That again is why small groups is so important. It's because you need to be in an environment where you can confess your struggles, where you can confess your issues because it's in moments like that that you are going to be healed healed of your hurts and you're going to be delivered of your ha- your hangups and you're going to change your bad habits that you have only when we ask God to forgive us will he cleanse us and only after we ask other people to forgive us will healing come somebody say amen it's not just reconciliation with God that we want we want reconciliation with one another so confess your sins to him and he'll forgive you. Confess your sins to one another, 
and you'll be healed. I'm praying for salvation, for healing, and for deliverance. That's what the harvest looks like in your home in 2019. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me, anything that offends you, God, or anything that offends others. And then notice the last thing he said. He said, lead me in the way everlasting. I love how he says this. He said, Lord, lead me. Because if I try to lead myself, my heart is so wicked and deceptive, it'll mislead me. It'll take me down the wrong path. So, Lord, I want you to lead me. God, I need you to lead me. In Psalm 23, after David identified the Lord as his shepherd, in verse 3, he said that he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. His name is on the line. His reputation is on the line. And for his name's sake, he leads us in the paths of of righteousness. So it's really cool what David does here. He says, Lord, reveal if there's, if, see if there's any wicked way in me. And God, get me off of the wicked way and get me on the everlasting way. Get me on the way, God, that leads to eternal life. And Lord, I know that the only way to get on that way is to follow you. And you will lead me in paths of righteousness. And then notice what Jesus said in John 14 and 6. He said, I am the way. I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. And what's so awesome is, is that once we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, do you know what he does? He deposits his Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And notice what the Holy Spirit comes to do in this next passage of John, chapter 16, verse 13, that when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, what is he going to do? He is going to guide you into all truth. So as we begin 2019 this year, and as we prepare ourselves to be laborers in the harvest, and as we prepare ourselves for the harvest that God has in store for us, we, like David, just need to lay before him. And we need to say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, God, and know my anxious thoughts, those areas, Lord, that I haven't trusted you. God, I pray that I bring it and cast my cares upon you and begin to trust you in those areas of my life. Oh God, see if there be any wicked way in me, God. Anything that offends you, anything that offends others, so that I might confess them to you and be forgiven and confess them to others and be healed. And then God, I want to follow you as you lead me in the paths of righteousness. As you lead me in the path of eternity. As you lead me in the path of everlasting life. Listen, that's where it begins this year. It's you asking God to do a work in you. Listen, you're not going to change just by your circumstances changing. Some of you may think, well, if I could just find a different location, or if I could find a different spouse, or if I could find a different job, if I could just change all of this out of here, then life would get better. No, life is going to get better when you understand the real issue is in your heart, and the real inside is on, or the real issue is on the inside of you. And it's only when you lay yourself bare before the Lord and you say, God, search me, God, try me, God, see if there be any wicked way in me, Father God, and put me on the way everlasting. 
That's the only way that lasting change is going to come. It's when you let Him work from the inside out. Amen? Come on, would you stand with me this morning? Would you stand with me this morning? And would you once again, with your eyes closed and your hands lifted, and we may need to put that passage back up on the screen again from Psalm 139, 23 and 24. And again together, let's pray it from our heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Listen, if you'll begin to pray that prayer every day this week and every day the week to follow, and you will begin to allow these truths to take root in your life. If you will begin to allow God to do what you're asking Him to do and then respond accordingly, I'm telling you, you'll prepare yourself for God to come into your house and into your life with a blessing unlike you have ever received. Hallelujah. That's my prayer is that harvest and blessing would come to every house to every marriage, to every individual. Would you just close your eyes for a moment and just focus on the Lord today? Would you just say, Lord, I just open up myself to you today, not wanting to hide anything from you any longer, but God, search me. Fully investigate me, Lord. Search me and know my heart. Because God, I know there's some things about our heart that we don't know, that you do know. God, there are some things about our motives that we don't understand, but you do. And Father, we want you to search us so that we too can know that the heart is deceitful, that it can mislead us, that it can trick us, that it's wicked. And that it has to stay continually before you, allowing your Holy Spirit to continually change and transform so that our heart becomes your heart. Search us, O God, and know our heart. Try us, Lord, and reveal our anxious thoughts. Lord, I know that there's some in this room right now that are physically ill because of things they've worried about things that they have no control over. They've chosen to focus on the issue. They've chosen to focus on the problem and the circumstances. And God, we know that whatever we focus on is magnified, just like when we put a magnifying glass on something. It gets bigger. And Lord, when we focus on something, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And Lord, because some have focused so much on their problems and on their issues, they've gotten so big and so big. But Father, I pray today that they'll not worry about it any longer, God, that they'll put their focus on you. They'll focus on you, Lord, and as they focus on you, then you're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and greater and more powerful in their eyes. So, Lord, reveal those anxious thoughts today. Those areas, God, where 
We have anxiety that reveal those areas where we least trust you. And then God, see if there's any wicked way in us. Anything that we've done that offends you, God, or anything that we continue to do that offends you. Things that we watch that are offensive to you. Language that we listen to that is offensive to you. The way that we treat others that's offensive to you. And those things that have been offensive to others, God, as you reveal it, we're going to confess it to you. And receive forgiveness, Lord, and those things that you reveal that we've done that have offended others, we're going to go to them. In 2019, we're going to go to them and we're going to apologize. We're going to ask their forgiveness for what we've done that have offended them and brought them pain and hurt in their life. And then God, lead us. Come on, everybody say that with me. Lead us. Lead us, Lord, into the way everlasting. Lead us in the paths of righteousness for your sake. May we follow you every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year of our lives lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake in jesus name we pray well i hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message we here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God. Being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience it for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.